Well, first off, thanks. Thanks for agreeing to do this because I know this is like not the easiest thing to be talking about. Right. This is, you know, we're, we're, we're laughing now and we're about to talk about some heavy stuff and it's, it's not easy. No. So I appreciate you just, you know, taking that leap with me. No problem at all. When you, when you asked like, Hey, you want to, you want to talk about it? I was very much okay with that. I mean, I, as I reached out to you, I think it's important that men are talking about this. I, I don't think there's enough of it going on right now. Yeah. Um, we're, we're supposed to kind of pick ourselves up by the bootstrap and kind of show this bravado of how tough we are. And I think when you go through loss, when you go through grief, it's um, some heavy stuff. And uh, as a society, we're not great at one, talking about it and two, being prepared for it. Yeah. And th- when you walk in that space, you feel really alone. I felt really alone. I still feel kind of alone, right? And then you, yeah. you just try to make connections. And that's what it, like when I reach out to you, I'm like, man, what you're talking about is super important. Keep doing it. I love that you're talking about it. And like, Let's talk about it. Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree. One of the things I hear more about is, you know, you know, what's a man, right? You know, we we sort of are trying to figure out this equilibrium between aggression and masculinity and, and treating people with respect. Uh, but to me, being a man is not only, you know, it is having integrity yeah. and it's, you know, saying what you mean and it and it does mean being physical in in certain pursuits but it also means being able to communicate your emotions because if you can't you're just sort of half a human yeah <laughs> i think we we sort of lose that perspective sometimes and unfortunately it takes sometimes a huge punch to the gut to realize like whoa this this happens to everybody <laughs> you know and, and we and as you said you know we don't talk about it whatsoever loss death like we don't talk about it and and it's, it's almost like when it happens to you you're a part of this really shitty club yeah that you didn't know existed yeah you're like you heard about it yeah you know? and then I mean, all of a sudden you remember and you're like wow this sucks yeah <laughs> and the only thing that makes sense is to talk to somebody else who's a part of that club yes a hundred percent i mean i and that's saying i was pretty empathetic going into this i was pretty caring i mean i i give her for kara for you know, nine years of treatment and stuff. And, and I'm just a kind of softer guy anyhow, but man, you're a hundred percent right. The ignorance that you have to grief and loss is like, you know, even like I cringe when I think about just how I've acted in the past. Like if somebody loses something, you're like, oh, well that sucks. And you kind of just like shrug it up. Like you, you don't really have any concept or any understanding of, of what it's like. And then you experience loss, deep loss, and you look for like others to connect with. And you're right. Everybody's experiencing the same loss. It's this weird brotherhood. And you're exactly right. Like nobody wants to be a part of this club, but you're looking for somebody to like just share and and at least like kind of witness, like, is this normal? Like, you know, you have all these weird questions and I didn't want to burden the family around me with asking questions. I know everybody was kind of like suffering and grieving and then like, Everybody's on pins and needles. Like, how is Nathaniel doing? How's Nate doing? And yeah. and just like your kids are kind of just like watching. And that was the thing. I mean, I just I didn't know how to do this any other way except be authentic. And that's really what I wanted to demonstrate to the kids is like, I'm gonna have some bad days. We're just gonna figure this out. We're just like, and you're gonna have bad days and and know that I'm here. And you know, I can't help them through their grief. I can be here alongside it, but I don't 
I don't know what it's like to lose a mom, right? And so I just set out to to find individuals, other men who kind of had similar, but it was difficult. I have to be honest. The club that's talking about it is small. Uh, yeah. <laughs> clearly, I know that there's men who are losing spouses, but it's hard to find those. The widow community is a lot stronger. It's a lot, it's yeah. doing a lot more things. And actually, I don't know if you've done the same thing, but I've fallen into a lot of widow kind of groups just because they kind of are talking about it. And just when I was looking for support and looking for anybody talking about it, I tend to only be like the single dude on a call with like 12 other women who are talking about grief and loss and stuff. And it helped shape my perspective a little, but it, at that point I was just looking for somebody to like connect with somebody, anybody to relate to. Right. Yeah. I think it's, it's very interesting. First off, that's, I think so important to be authentic because anything else is just it's hurting your journey yeah you know it's 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 not allowing you to progress and i think it's interesting to hear you talk about it from your perspective as a husband who's lost somebody because i mean from personal experience my father definitely is not seeking out these groups and you know he's throwing himself into work a hundred percent yeah and anything else and it's just you know he's a little older yeah but you know that's you know, him sharing his emotions, that's not something that he's going to do. Right. And I respect that. Like, right. I understand. And I have a bit of my mom who was sharing emotions. So I yeah. like, I, I've received that part. Yeah. And that's helped in my journey. But, you know, l listen, you know, some people just are not going to do that. And I think we come from that type of, you know, men aren't going to talk about, they're just going to push through. Yeah. And that's harder. Yeah. In my, like, you know, whatever you take everything else that's, that's just harder that's yeah. a harder journey and uh i didn't want to do that you know yeah. i was like i need to talk to this out and, well i guess i was lucky <laughs> luck it's a weird term here but <laughs> my best friend lost his mother okay years ago so it was like i could talk to somebody yeah. who knew exactly what i was going through yeah and that was super important for me at the yeah. time because it was just like i it's you know it's it's just like you don't under you're like what in the world is going on here yeah but yeah it's, it's uh, finding it's i love talking about it you know hearing your perspective is so interesting let me just backtrack a little bit sure. and just introduce you as you know just your name yep. where 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 you live and then let's uh, you know a little bit about your family and let's go back to like how you met your wife sure. your kids and then yeah what happened a little bit into what happened yeah no problem uh yeah we kind of just jumped into that because we're yeah. both like yeah let's do it uh so sorry yeah so my name is nathaniel ward i live in the houston area north houston area and um the reason i'm talking about grief is because i lost my wife and uh to breast cancer her name is kara kara we were lifelong friends we met each other in kindergarten uh, believe it or not and had kind of just ran together for most of our lives and uh, always knew her. She always knew me. Um, she came in and out of the schools that I was attending for a while. And then um, in high school, we reunited and started dating at the end of our senior year. And, you know, the rest is history, I guess they say. Uh, but yeah, we were close friends and best friends, even in high school. And, you know, just a, a great person to be around, a great person. And, and it wasn't until like my senior year when I had enough bravery to say, hey, um, 
you know, it's kind of worth it to me to kind of risk this relationship because I kind of want to be with you forever. And she was resistant a little. She's like, I don't, I don't want to ruin this. Uh, you know, we have a good thing going here. And, and I said, um, but I think it's worth it. So we ended up dating and we went to different schools, different colleges in undergrad, but kept in contact. And she did uh, an associate's in dental hygiene. Her dad's a her dad's a dentist, so the whole plan was like, I'm just going to come home and be a dentist with my dad, and and uh, you know, start a family. So we did long distance relationship, and that was not that hard. That was pretty easy when when we have a basis of the friendship that we had, and came home and got married like right out of college. Like I I graduated college in May. We got married in um, October. So that was October of 2000. And we had our first child. We had this big, long plan of how we're going to wait. We had Eli, our, our oldest, in December of the following year. So uh, we waited oh. <laughs> a whole uh, 11 months. Um, and uh, and after that, we continued to have kids. Uh, we had Owen like uh, 15 months after that, March of 03, Eileen, our daughter, September of 04, and then our youngest, Avon, in June of 06. So one, two, three, four, and in about shy of six years. And and life was good. Um, I was spending time with my my best friend and my soulmate. I mean, I don't that that term is very precious to me. I I don't use that term lightly. And we were out to um, you know change the world a, as a family and had an opportunity to move to Houston, which was not well liked by the family. We are living in Pennsylvania. We're from Pennsylvania area, Erie, Pennsylvania, and had the opportunity um, to move down to Houston. And I never kind of understood why we were supposed to go to Houston. Just I was looking for a job. And then Kara, we found uh, a spot one day, a lump in, in her breast, and that's when it all kind of happened. Uh, it happened right around my, actually my daughter's birthday in like, uh, I don't know what year. Kara had that all documented. I need to go back to the notes. But she opted, if you know Kara, she's like, I'm doing a double mastectomy. We're never going to worry about this and just take it and go. And we rang the bell on three separate occasions of winning our, our battle on cancer. And it just continued to come back. It would show up in the breast tissue. And then it eventually we found it, it spread to the lungs and the liver. And that's ultimately what took her. So we lost Kara Thanksgiving morning of uh, 2019. So that's uh, November 28th. My birthday is November 27th. So we celebrated my birthday and then lost Kara. So it's bittersweet. I mean, I get to ride alongside that date forever. And I was, I thought like, wow, what an honor. And now it's like less pretty, right? It's just the ugly truth that happens. But that's kind of our story in a nutshell. I wouldn't, even knowing what I know now today, I wouldn't have chose another path. I mean, she was my ride or die best friend, you know, and she spent uh, her entire life with me and can't ask for um, a better friendship and a better marriage. And now I'm, I've got uh, four young adults, ages uh, 21 through 16, and trying to make sure that they are supported and loved and are reminded of the, the amazing things that their mom had, had built into their lives and built into their DNA and had built into their characters. And, you know, it was hard. It's, uh, it's been three years and I'm in a, a better spot, but it I'd like to say it gets easier. I think you just learn how to adapt a little bit better, right? And uh, you just are able to talk about it in a little. And that's kind of what set me out on this passion to like talk about it. I think it's important as men to talk about it. I think grief 
affects people differently uh, and different types of grief has different challenges. And I was a younger dad and a younger guy uh, in my 40s, and I couldn't find younger men who were talking about it. Most men who were talking about it were were older gentlemen who had long lives with their wives and and still grieving, but different, right? Like they're, they're in a different space. They're talking about different things and they talk about things differently in a shared experience that I hadn't quite been to. And so connecting with those guys were as important, but it just wasn't the community that I needed or, or was looking for. And, and so I set out to just kind of keep digging and keep finding and, and just, and like what you talked about earlier, most of the people that I was connecting with were women who were talking about it. And, and I would just kind of fold into those groups and and be the outlier and at least have some of my grief witnessed and be able to witness others and kind of support them. And so I'm on this journey now to connect with other men like you uh, who are talking about it and hope to bring some change and some some light to the subject so we can help other men talk about it and heal and be witnessed and and you know share kind of our feelings and our insights in, in a way that that is authentic and in a way that that makes sense to do. I mean, like not every guy is going to be comfortable with that. And I'm okay with that. I mean, I, I, to your point earlier, I think they're, they could potentially be on a journey that's harder that ultimately like they'll, they'll find a time where I think maybe they'll break and, and they'll see like they, but you can't force that on anybody. And I certainly wouldn't wish that on anybody like, well, it's, you're going to have a hard time, like buckle yeah. up. Right. Like that's certainly not where I want to come from, but you have to be ready to talk in the space and not everybody is. And I think if you're ready and you're willing, I think it just adds to the healing. I mean, it's, it's, it, for me, it's really healing to talk. Uh, it's really healing to connect in a way that, you know, that they know, like the, the unspoken words of just like, Oh yeah, I get it. I'm here for you, brother. That's goes a long way to healing where you need to heal. So. Anyhow, that's kind of a long backstory. Sorry. No, I mean, first off, thank you very much for sharing. It's not easy. I mean, like I'm tearing up just listening. And honestly, yeah. like one of those things is like, no, it's like when you've, I don't know about you, but now it's like, I'll watch a movie where the, the anime, you know, it's like before, you know, I could watch anything. It's like, whatever. But now I'm watching, you know something animated where somebody dies and I'm fucking, I'm bawling yes. on the fucking couch, you know? Yes. So, yeah. So, uh, uh, you know, everything's I mean, just hitting, everything hits harder now, you know? Absolutely. <laughs> You're a hundred percent correct. It does. There's something messy about that. And there's something yeah. beautiful about that though. I mean, like yes. th that you have the, the ability now to just see how precious life is. I think we're, we're kind of just head down, go, 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 go. And like, it, it definitely makes you kind of, pause and and really kind of for me anyhow it really set my my goals and expectations and and just like what's important like where where do i want to be does does this matter and that had good and bad sides to the coin i mean there was a certain point where i was just like f it like nothing matters like burn it all yeah. down right and then there was there's definitely points where that wasn't healthy but then there's like you said like you watch things i watch things and i notice things differently and and i'm moved by things differently and and yeah. just things are more precious I, I think that's if that is and i hate to say silver lining but if that's the silver lining in, in this it's it's like you really get a different perspective and and you really get to see how precious 
life really is and not like in the cliche kind of form but it's just like like things things that you think were important and things that you thought mattered like they tend to just like fall to the wayside and you kind of just like hone in on like you're you're way more focused on where you want to be intentional and and what you want to touch and that's part of what we're talking about here like how do i want to help and and how do i want to and like the stuff that's on the peripheral doesn't really matter. I think you you get this moment of clarity where like, what am I doing? Why yeah. am I doing it? Let's do something, right? Yeah. This has got to be worth something, right? This is, And it doesn't always have to be like pain the purpose, but I think you do you do get some of that from like, I've been dealt this kind of shitty hand. How can I help somebody else who's going through it? And, and yeah. what, what can I do to help? No, I, I think... One of the things I find interesting is that this, you know, uh, things fall by the wayside, things, you know, that you thought mattered don't matter. And it's like, for me, it's almost like even my negative emotions when I'm angry or upset or depressed or anxious, these like, I guess, you know, considered negative emotions, I almost appreciate those even mm-hmm. more than I did before. You know, I always thought of like, oh, no, like, let's never have those emotions. Right. But then you you sort of realize like this is what the human existence is like Absolutely. this really shitty part yeah. that we went through yeah that's just part of being human yeah and if you can love those parts yes then the highs are going to be unbelievable yeah. and I mean that's really all we have right we yeah. you know, we're all going to yeah. die unfortunately or yeah. fortunately depending on how you think about it and right. You know, what do we have? We have those highs that we really remember. And it's like, well, you know, you can't really, you know, you can't separate those from the lows. So you have to, you have to love both parts. And I think, you know, a lot of what I heard before my mom passed was all about how, you know, you have something terrible happens and it's just like, oh, you just, you know, forget about everything else. You're just like everything good, but you, they, it's not, I guess it's not as sexy, but you don't realize like even the negative stuff you can come to appreciate because yeah. you're just like, well, this is what being alive is. Yes. And that's one of the more interesting things I've found. And to be fair, maybe this is like me being obsessed with grief and this like exploring yeah. what just went on in my life two yeah. years ago. Yeah. But that's what I found very interesting about this. I mean, I think but, it's uh, I think it's it's a powerful thing. I mean, I think I think if you're open to it and I think you've done it and I've done it. And I think there's other men who are like, you start exploring that. And I think I very much went on this journey of like self-discovery again. If you don't know, uh, and you probably don't, you know, I was raised in a Christian home and had this Christian background. And and so like, as Christians, we're kind of taught to like, everything happens, you know, God controls everything and and everything is like for this greater good. And I always felt like for me, and I can't speak to everybody, but for me, it was just like, I was just going along for the ride, like good and bad. It was all like happened outside of, of me personally. Right. Like I was just existing. I was, I was doing stuff, but like, how, how can I be a better Christian? How can I love on others? But like, generally speaking, felt like not really in control. And while death brings that to you, like I really started doubling down on that and like really started questioning some of those beliefs, in, in, like internal beliefs that I had. And, and really, I'm still working on it, but like came to the conclusion, like, I think we're way more responsible for where we are in life and, and what we want to become than I was going to be determined to like explore that. And it made, 
people around me uncomfortable, very uncomfortable um, with, with questioning about who I am, why I'm here, what are we called to do, have everything I've been told, does that make sense to me now? You know, like just really going on this deep like discovery of like, who am I? And what am I going to do about it? Right. And, and, you know, those friends of mine who are strong in the faith were good allies from a standpoint of, I'm sure it made them nervous, but their, their advice was, look, ask those questions. I mean, like we shouldn't be scared of exploring that. Like, and while they couldn't necessarily relate, they could, they could offer empathy and say, like, I can only imagine, but like, you know, finding out why is, the big question. And I won't ever know the why, right? I mean, never, but I can no longer be content with just like, say la vie. It's like, yeah. it's just outside of, of my control. And that's just how life is. It's just messy. Right. And I feel now like I have way more control. I'm opened more to, like you said, the human experience of it all and connecting with others in that to bring some some relief or just any some companionship just like hey you're not alone i get it yeah. let's talk about it and let's explore maybe you're not ready to go on that deep interpersonal discovery no big deal like you don't have to be but like to know that you're not alone in it and that there's other guys who are experienced loss and there's other guys talking about it and maybe you don't want to talk about it maybe you just want to witness great whatever serves you but like for me it was this deep dive on self-discovery and really challenging what I've been taught, what I've been. And I think that's, that's part of like the faith journey. And like, I grew up in a pretty good life where you think you have this faith and then something like this happens and it really shakes you. And, and you like, Whoa, maybe I wasn't as strong in my faith as, as I thought or should be or whatever. But it's one thing that I really wanted to work on me and do self-discovery and really dig into that. And now I'm like obnoxiously into the self-discovery of just like, and, and I wanted to help the kids through stuff. Like, um, you know, I wanted them as their world is crumbling kind of around them and they've lost their mother and they're not sure how dad's going to handle. Like I wanted them to really like one, be grounded in their faith, but two also kind of be grounded in who they were. Like they are these unique characters, these, these pieces. And, and I want them to learn at a way earlier age than 40 or 45 that, you know, like they can do amazing things and, and they're, they're equipped and they're unique and they can do all these, but nobody's talking about that. And so like when I went into this healing, like part of that was exploring like just self-development really like, and, and helping the kids like kind of get some foundation under them again as their world, they felt like melting down. And I think that really, really helped. I mean, it certainly helped me and it showed the kids like it's okay not to have all the answers. Like dad doesn't have all the answers. Yeah. And I was clear. That was one of the things that, that I think came back to help really. And I would give this advice to, to anybody who's, who's going through like just even the, the caregiving. I was, we were, always pretty open with the kids about where we were with with Kara's treatment not sugarcoating it not obviously whole truths like oh like we're in doc but providing two sides of the coin on every option of just like hey the doctors think the cancer's spreading mom is going to do treatment we're hoping and believing that she's going to be healed and just kind of balance it i i was yeah. i personally was super scared of like the stories that you hear like, oh, mom's going to be fine. And then one day she wakes up and or doesn't wake up. And the kids are like, yeah. hey, like WTF, you told me like mom was going to be fine, right? Like, yeah. And so that same kind of clarity, that same kind of 
I don't have all the answers, but we're going to figure it out as a family. I very much brought to the grief table and sat down with the kids and like, look, I'm hurting. I don't know. Like I'm, I'm doing these things. Does it make sense for you guys to do those things? Like, do you want to talk about those things? Like, how can I help? What feels authentic for you to be doing? Right. And, and I'd like to support you in that. Like, if you want to go to more counseling or less counseling, let's, let's dive into that. Do you want to explore personal growth? There's nothing we're not going to touch. There's nothing we're not going to explore. And I think that helped the kids through their grief in a standpoint of not carrying some shame about being sad or, or not doing it the right way. Right. It was yeah. just like, well, dad doesn't know what he's doing. And I was clear on that, like, you know, and, and so I think that gave them some, some perspective and kind of took off like the expectations of how they should be doing it. And Cause I was clear, like, I don't know how to do it. Like we don't yeah. talk about it. We'll, we'll figure it out. I think that's that vulnerability is very powerful i think i mean listen i don't have kids but i i think the truth the authenticity you know and i guess i'm of the opinion that we're never really adults we just are older children yeah and uh yeah. i think that's one of the i believe in uh in that for you know shielding them can be it depends right i mean right my my mother made my father promise to not tell us everything that was going on yeah and she did not want to be looked at as that cancer patient yes she did not want to she didn't want us to be looking at her like she was dying right and i respect that you know yeah. she was what she said goes that's how it was in our house and yeah and yeah you know i get it and i wish like would I have wished that I wanted to know, you know, yeah. gotten all the information? A hundred percent, because yeah. I would have, you know, been looking at every alternative therapy in the, you know, but what we can play that game all day and yes. that does not help. And right. I think part of the process of healing is like, you know, you go through all the other paths that you could have taken. Yes. And there's just no right path. No. You know, it happens. This, you know, we lose people. That's right. what happens. That's right. part of our journey. And right. I like the, I think the transparency is great. And I think, I don't know, but I'm assuming it was helpful for them. I mean, yeah. I think it just, you know, it, everything's on a case by case basis, but right. I dig that. Um, I think that, Thanks. Yeah. you know, we can't pretend, you know, cause kids are smarter than yes. we give them credit for. They're going to see through the, yes. the bullshit. Yes. Uh, for sure. So, you know, we, we can't pretend. hundred uh, percent. I agree with that. What, what was, what were the first couple of months after she passed? Like, I mean, you know, I think what is, you know, it's not just because it's not just you, right? You yeah. have four kids. Yeah. That's not nothing, yeah. right? Like, you know, I think in my case, my situation is a little bit different. My father, you know, me and my two brothers, we're older, yeah. right? So yeah. while it was obviously awful, it was, you know, we're considered adults. Yeah. There was, you know, it's it's a little bit farther down the down the line of maturation and, and uh, I don't know, uh, self-confidence, I guess, yeah. uh, whatever yeah. it is. But for you, obviously, it was, it was, that's a lot on your shoulders and to grieve, you know, and to figure out what the fuck just happened. Right. You know, what, what was that like? And, and yeah, you know, can you shed a little bit of light on that? I, I will try. Sure. There's a, there's a, there's a lot of like what you go through and you just do it right. Like, I, I think like you kind of just, are numb and and like you're just like in the survival mode like of just yeah. like well i gotta do this to keep the lights on and, and i want to get these kids and so there's this there's this weird balance of like for me it was this difficulty to refine my equilibrium i mean for 
one of the one of the hardest parts I had truly was the loss of Kara for me was literally felt like I lost like half of my person, right? Like, like, and so having half of like that person gone is, was really challenging for me. And kind of like, it sounds like your mom, I mean, Kara was the driver of, of the relationship. It was like, and, and I'm more easygoing and laid back than she was. And that's why we worked. And, and like, if she wanted to do things, if I didn't object, we were going to do them her way. Like, like it didn't matter to me. It wasn't like, this is not an argument I'm worth, it's worth having a fight over. Like it matters very little to me. It matters mostly to her. Let's just do it her way. Like it was like, yeah. it, that was easy. If there was a time where we diverged, well then I'll speak up we'll have a conversation and we'll work it out. But like 95% of the time it was just like, Hey, this is important to her. I don't really care. Let's do it that way. Right. And so not to say that I wasn't making decisions, but it was just like having that, that balance was super hard to reacclimate. And then knowing that sometimes, you know, you have this partner who's balancing, you know, especially in the, in, in raising kids, like, um, you know, maybe you're, you're the hard ass and she's like, yo, like, is that necessary? Like you have this balance and like, likewise, like if I'm the pushover, you know, I can have that conversation. And when I didn't have that, that counter, I was really left. And the, it was hard for the kids. I think it was hard for the kids because I was on the outliers of both of those things, right? Like I was either like upset and scared and confused. And then I was angry. And so, so my discipline was like absurdly strict or like I'd have a, a like, moment of like, well, man, they just lost their mom and like all this other stuff. And, and I'd be on the extreme, like easy, like anything goes like you want to eat, like whatever, you know, like it was just like, so finding that recalibrating and finding that equilibrium of like, and really it's self, it comes back to self-discovery. Like who am I, who am I now? Right. And like that balance. So on the early stages, there was a lot of just like numbness. There was just a lot of like I don't know what the heck I'm doing. There's a lot of fear. For sure, there's a lot of fear. There's a lot of fear about just like the loss of your partner. There's a lot of fear of like, what do we do now? There's a lot of fear of, man, I hope I don't screw these kids up. There's a lot of fear of this. I got to kind of the man thing. You got to, I got to be strong and I got to show like the extended family that we're going to be okay. Like, and then, you know, there's, there's a lot of chaos in those first months. And there's a lot of, for me, fear was the overriding thing. I was, I was scared. I mean, I had felt like, how am I going to do this? How am I going to do this without my partner? How am I going to do this without my best friend? And then just not knowing, like, what does the future look like? What now? Kind of like, I'm not ready for this. This is not how we planned what was going to happen, right? Like, and that actual, that grief for me on the future, I didn't even know what it was, but that I grieved so hard after things had calmed down. But at like six months, I really had that like deep, oh shit moment and really grieved for the loss of like all that should have been, all all the future stuff, right? We were supposed to be grandparents, like all of the stuff. And that grief caught me way off guard. I was yeah. like, you, you know, you had, you're, you're going to grieve for the loss of, of your person. I mean, that's, I think you don't know what that feels like until you're in it, but you have some kind of like, I'm sad because I've lost this person. For me, the grief of the loss of the future 
was something I was not at all prepared for. And it was at times it felt much, much heavier. I really grieved the that that future idea. And we're not like huge goal planners. It wasn't like I was grieving over the loss of goals. It was just like, you know, there's just like yeah. when you think about the future and you think about like what you want to accomplish, you know, those stories are are like you're in it together. And and when yeah. you start thinking about the future and you're not in it together, you know, it really broke me. It really, it really took a lot of work to like come to terms with that. And I think maybe in my case, because I saw Kara sick and because while I was believing that she was going to be healed and, and that she'd fight through this, I guess kind of whether I acknowledge it or not, subconsciously, there's this idea that like, you know, kind of time is precious and, and you, you, you may not have her forever. But I was in no way prepared to have that conversation with myself about, about the future. And uh, it, it was difficult. And so but the early onset, I think for me, the biggest part was, was just feeling so off center, like just, just really off balance and just really this loss of like half of myself just, just gone. And just, it took me a while to, to recoup for that. And there, like I said, I think the biggest part of all that was the fear was, was really huge during those, those first six months. It was scared to be by myself. It was scared that the expectations as a dad just fear man came came crashing in hard i could definitely understand the future stuff because obviously in a in a less in more of a, a selfish way yeah. i guess than you because you, you're thinking about the things she'll miss out on yeah. not only you two together but your kid what your kids are gonna do right and like once i started thinking about all the things that my mom wasn't gonna see that i was gonna do yeah oh yeah that was like you know the after the sucker punch was the kick to the head, you know, like so yeah. that, and you don't think about, you know, there's, there's no playbook for any of this. Correct. Right? There's no, you know, you were saying like, there's, you just, you, you try to subconsciously almost be like, all right, worst case scenario, this is going to end. But like, you don't even, you can't comprehend right. what that means. Right. Uh, you, you know, you're saying like, your center was off. It's, it's almost like somebody ripped up the foundation to your, the house that like the, yeah. to you. Yeah. They like pulled out the, one of those main support beams and you're just like, yeah. well, what the, yeah. and you know, what happens then it, it is, it's just, so is there anything that sticks out in terms of like when you felt more centered? You know, we both have yeah. talked about how the pain never really goes away. It's just like how you can live with it. Yeah. But was there a point where you were, were able to be like, okay, I, I feel some semblance of myself again? Yeah. It took a while. For me, it took a while. And and I think that really spoke to like the learning and the growth that I did on just the personal development. Because I think in my situation in particular, just because I told you like, you know, Kara was kind of the driver. And, and so like there was a lot of work that I had to do on myself. And, and it wasn't until I did that work that that I really reclaimed some of that equilibrium. I built some more self-confidence about like, okay, you can kind of do this. And a part of that is reflecting on like, you know, the healing of grief. And then just like, what helped me was like, your person loved you. Your person was like in it for you. And while you feel like you're incapable of, of doing these things, deep down inside, you know that your person was was your champion and, and they saw something. So the least I can do to honor that love and that, and that memory is to reflect that kind of love that they had 
for you, right? Yeah. What a waste it would be to have Kara love on me and the kids so much. And then I just walk away from that, like broken shell of a man who can't do anything, right? Because Kara loved me and because Kara poured her love into me and because she developed me in our relationship, that's worth like taking on and moving forward and, and carrying that love that she built in that. What a, for me, it, w- it was unfathomable for me to like, waste that right and i really felt to the point where when i finally broke over to like i've got to heal i've got to do better because it can't be wasted the love that she poured into me will not stop at me right like and that's that's really kind of where i had to had to pick it up is like what a shame it would be that she saw all this amazing stuff in me and had all this love for me and knew all the potential that i had my biggest champion only to to not see that through right and so yeah that was a big part of, of healing and a big part of personal development. And that's why I got probably so deep into the personal development. It was like, it can't end here. Like Kara saw the potential I had, whether I was moving fast enough in that direction, she was still my champion and she was still rooting for me. And she still saw all the amazingness. Maybe I didn't believe it. Maybe I was still working through that, but I knew that she, she was there. And so like having that just die with her was was too much of a of another part of grief that I was unwilling to to let die, right? I'm yeah. like, I have to do this. Not the right way. I mean, there is no right way. The, yeah. Not the perfect way, certainly, but just like I need to do what I can to be that person that that they saw in us, that they loved in us, and that they championed for us, right? Like like part of Kara's legacy, I have to believe, is built alongside me, right? Like, like the things that happen, the the things that happen going forward only happen because of what she built and what we built and, and, and right. Like, like just because she's not here doesn't mean the work that she did in me and the love that she did in me, like is, is wasted. Right. And that was one of the the things that kind of was like the turning point. Like I can't be done. I I can't end here. Like I, I, I've got to be I've got to be a better version of myself because she saw it in me and I owe it to her, right? Like not in a, you better blah, blah, blah. Not that she's fighting back, like, you know, just, you know, I feel it. Like I see what she, I'm starting to see what she saw in me and I want to do it better. I want to do it justice. And I I don't want that love wasted on me, right? She loved big and I want to love big i won't ever love as big as her it's just who she was um and i'm not asking to replace her i'm just like i want people to see that kind of love in me that then they can see like oh yeah i see Kara in that right like i I want i want i want to be i want to make her proud uh, and and uh like carry it forward i think that's how they live on right like that's all we can do is well i feel like we can go one of two ways after we experience something like this, we can either let it like the grief and despair and all these things, we can let it crush us. Like you were saying, right? Like you get crushed or, and you can either stay crushed or you can build yourself out back up stronger than before because you don't have that person in your life to be that. Yeah. And I think it's very admirable for you to try to, you know, it's, you know, you're taking, it's her spirit, right? Like you're, you're you're internalizing that spirit and and she's living on in that in this work that you're doing and and that's beautiful yeah <laughs> that's what it is it's just yeah. beautiful right like and yeah. i think you know i feel the similar way i was just like yeah. i got to do something that right. makes this all 
mean something, right. you know, like you right. sort of have those moments where you're just like, well, right. I can't let it stop here. Cause that would suck. Right. <laughs> right. 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 It's I'm, gotta be, we gotta, you know, I, I, I felt for me, it was like, I gotta do something with this Yeah, because it's like, it's a lot of emotion. It's a lot of stuff inside. And just like, even if, even if it is just talking to somebody, yeah. if that's how you, but uh, for me, it was like, even while talking, I just, I need to do more. It yeah. needs to come out. And so that's why I started doing this stuff. Yeah. But um, it's so good. I feel that, man. I, I feel it, it. Yeah. I love that you're doing this. Like, uh, because I, I talk a big game, but in the back of my mind, I'm just like, oh, man, am I really ready to do that? Or like, do I want to do that? It's like, it's like, and, and, you know, I just go back to like the fact that like, if it's not me doing it, like then who is right? Like, and if you feel, if you feel like you should talk about it and you should, then maybe you're the dude who, who needs to, maybe, maybe, maybe you're the guy. Right. And like, it's a scary, it's a scary proposition, but I, I, I think as humans, the human condition is we want to rise up. And I think if you can be an example of, of that and just offer a little bit of hope for somebody who is struggling, then I think that's, that's worth the shot. I mean, I, I, I certainly don't want anybody to crumble under the weight of grief. And while I am not doing it perfect, like I'm doing it. And, and, and I think what I've learned is the more I talk about it, and the more I connect with somebody who understands, the more I heal and the more I hope that they heal. And I think you're partly doing yourself a disservice if you think you don't want to talk about it and or you're bringing something uncomfortable to somebody else when you talk about it. I say like talking about it brings this level of, of healing to you that you wouldn't otherwise receive. And And I'm not even talking about just like clinically. I'm just talking about like just connecting at a, at a human level with somebody who, who has some semblance of how you feel, right? Maybe, maybe, yeah. I mean, I can talk to another widower, but we're still not going to have the same experience or the same exact experience, right? Like my, my, yeah. my grief road, my grief journey will be slightly different. And, and I think talking about that gives somebody the opportunity to say, Oh, I don't have to do it this way. It doesn't have to look like this, right? Like I, I, yeah. can, I can walk my own road and, and, and grief for me looks like something different. Like I, I don't want it. I don't want you broken, but I certainly don't want it all rainbows and, and like, you know, like, oh, everything is good, right? Like, yeah. like I want to be authentic and it's going to be sucky, but I don't want anybody to, to kind of go it alone, right? Like, yeah. and Oof. some of the best... I mean, some of the best healing short of having one-on-one -on -one conversations like this have been just like people showing up, good friends who have just sat on the couch with me and just sat there and just yeah. let me just be, right? And and just know that I'm witnessed, know that there's somebody there. And, and if we talk about stuff, we talk about stuff, but like not remind me of like, things will be better and yeah, this yeah. happened for a reason, all those stupid, <laughs> platitudes that people want to put on you my best healing has been just sitting in silence some days or just sharing uh an antidote with somebody who i know is hurting like that has a similar story right and and i think that's what you do when you when you meet one-on-one -on -one with somebody and you talk about it i think it brings healing for both parties and it's it's yeah. awesome yeah for anyone who's listening I'm doing these podcasts for myself. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. this is my way of healing. Yeah. I and I do, and I really do hope it helps somebody else. Yeah. But 
if anyone's like, oh, he's so altruistic, like, no, this is part of my healing yeah. process. Like, this is my healing journey. And if you feel, if you feel at all, like you can understand what Nathan and I are talking about, just, you know, you, and you like, oh, wow, I just want to say stuff out loud. Just say it yeah. to somebody that isn't going to, you know, like you were saying, yeah. you know, you don't, you don't, especially when you're really in the, in the middle of that grief, you you don't want anyone being like, oh, it's going to be better. It's just like, just listen, right. just listen, say, yeah. I understand, yeah. even though you don't, yeah. unless you have felt though, it's yeah. just, just listen. And if you need to say something, just find somebody and say it. And, and, yeah. and if, listen, if it, if you don't have anyone in your life that you can, and it has to be a therapist, then there's nothing wrong with that either, yeah. you know, because sometimes you, you know, sometimes you're lucky and you have those people in your life, That's sometimes right. you don't, but just throwing it out there just yeah. find somebody to say it aloud because this you know it's so good i i find it necessary and i'm it's been 25 months for me yeah. and i still i'm still i still have my days where i'm like yeah damn this sucks yeah yeah you know? and i'm sure yeah. Daniel, you have 100%. yours i mean i love i love that that statement that you just made actually like that you're doing this for you and i think that's beautiful i mean i think that's that's amazing and and i'm hopeful that that people watching will be like okay yeah i can i can do whatever for for me i mean i don't think we owe ourselves anybody an apology for how we we manage our grief or how we the 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 roads that the paths that we take i think everybody's looking for that perfect path through grief and i don't think that exists but i do think that there is a right right way to grieve and that's usually typically the way that you choose to do it like short of short of hurting yourself yeah. i think your grief road your grief journey is as unique to you as your relationship with your person was as everything i mean we can't expect to go on the same healing journey as somebody else and i don't think that you would want to i think you owe it to yourself to explore and to heal in a way that is unique to you and your loss and your grief. And, and anything short of that, I think does a disservice to you and, and to the legacy of your person. And like you owe it to yourself to grieve and to grieve well, and to walk this journey in the best way that you can. And there's no expectations in that. It's just, however works for you and and in your case Ian, doing <laughs> doing these one-on-one -on -one, like talks is I, I love that you that you're there i love that you're in the space i love that you're like this is how i'm gonna heal this this is healing to me this is important to me and um i love that you're like this is me i'm 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 doing it this way and it's fantastic i think more people can learn from that and heal in whatever way is unique to the healing that you need. And so it's honoring that internal call for, for whatever makes the most sense to you. And when you honor that, it's just one less battle you have to pick up and fight in the middle of this grief. You just let go and you just heal and you just take whatever comes next and you heal and you, whatever, whatever works. And if it doesn't work, well then, it's not the wrong way. It's just yeah. like, you just adapt. Like that didn't work. You just, you just move on and you find something else that, that may, but 
don't stop searching because yeah. number one didn't work or, or you were expected to go to counseling and that was going to fix everything. And, and it does, hasn't like, okay, like keep exploring, keep searching, keep finding what works for you. And, and you owe it to yourself to heal you in whatever manner works best for you, for sure, for sure. Well, I, uh, first off, I appreciate the very kind words. Uh, and I, I agree, like find out what works for you. One of the last things I want to talk about that you highlighted a little bit that I'd love to sure. explore a little bit more is a little bit more about your relationship with your faith and sure. where it is today. And then because, you know, I think a lot of people listening either don't have faith or have faith. I think yeah. it's a broad spectrum. And and I think, yeah. you know, I think we, I don't know, I, I don't know the answers yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> of what's beyond, you know, uh, <laughs> it's that my, my relationship with all of that has definitely changed since my mom passed yeah um, but a little bit more about your faith and do you still like i guess like where yeah where do you think she is yeah. is, is, is do you think she's around or yeah. like, i i'm interested to know how you think about that because i think i i find it all fascinating it's, like um, we don't know so it's like uh, yeah. yeah let's hear <laughs> yeah yeah those are fantastic questions i i can expl- i can talk about that and um, just share where i'm at so uh, like I mentioned earlier, I was born into a Christian home, raised Christian, non-dominational Christian, really, and uh, went to a Christian high school. And that's where Karen and I had kind of, she came in and out of, of that private school um, while I was there. And um, she's, as a Christian, did lots of missions trips, Kara did in particular, and comes from a strong Christian family. So we were both raised uh, in the church, both went to youth groups, both, you know, we would both say faith is a big part of who we are and kind of defined who the life that we had chosen. And um, like I said, for me, anyhow, probably not Kara. Kara had a little stronger faith than me. But like you, you, for me, I learned like your faith has to be your own. And the way that I was raised and the way that I grew up, I wasn't really forced to to take ownership, so to speak, right? I mean, like, like I would say, I would tell you that I believed in that Jesus died for my sins and that because of my belief in that, you know, I'm a Christian and I expect to go to heaven, not because of my works, but because of, of what he did for me. But I have to say, like, it was tumultuous after we left, after, after we lost Kara. It was a lot of questions of like, why, how can, can something like this happen? Like when, when you have someone like Kara, who, who is, you feel like not too cliche, but doing the Lord's work, really loving on people and showing and just an amazing human being who loves people, who loves God, who who wants, you know, the best for everybody. Like when something like that happens, like, you know, like why you, and like you, the Christian platitudes you get are like, well, you know, like her work here on earth was done, like infuriated me, like made me so yeah. angry. Like, cause yeah. like, like in those moments, it's like at a minimum, she's still a mom. She still has the younger, younger children at home it's not like her work is done right well we're like oh well god needed her more up in there i'm like i just cringe i mean like if we stop and take a moment to just like think about what we're gonna say like and it just it used to really make me angry now i have a different perspective like you like i'm way more empathetic and i'm more i'm more i feel bad kind of like in that when they say something like that because i know i'm like man they just don't know they just they don't don't, don't know what to say also yeah they They don't don't know what to say exactly they're just uncomfortable exactly well i'll just say what i was taught to say exactly (laughs) exactly right so i mean i got to a spot in my faith and like i said those around me i probably made nervous they were just 
scared to see what was happening. Like couldn't really help because they had, they didn't have the answers, right? Like how, how do you answer for that? And I never really went to a really dark place. Like, but I did start questioning like what I, what I believed just like, what, what do you believe? And you know, what have I been told? And the balance between those two and like in my anger had to kind of surrender because like, there was a point where I believe there's a heaven. I believe, you know, Kara's in heaven, but there's a point in my time in the last three years where, where I would, I would have argued that I would have, I would have debated that I would have said, it's this construct of, of like man-made to just Lord over some kind of control is like, is where I it was, where my mind went. It was like, it was just a way for people to be like, Oh yeah. If you go to church, like, you might be able to see them again or what, like, just like all of these thoughts would run through your head. Like, like what is real? Like, what have I been told? And so I'm still very much working on my faith. And I think that's the beauty of faith. I hope you never stop working on your faith. I, I, I for me, I will never, I, I don't think I'll ever be at a point where I'm like, well, that's it for me. I'm done. <laughs> and I think if we're honest, I think that's kind of the beauty of what faith looks like is like you you continue to hunt and you continue to look and you continue to grow. And for me, it's about, you know, I feel like one of the greatest commandments we're given as Christians is to love one another. And and we talked about it earlier. Kara certainly loved us. And I think I owe it to her. But at a bare minimum, as a Christian, I'm called to love. And I have this way bigger empathetic heart now and just won't tolerate like one of the things that came out of this not so much faith but like and we're going to talk about faith and politics get it all in like i just like lost the tolerance for like the extremes of both sides or just like the rigidity of just politics in general and that's something that that has been really growth oriented for me but like strange for people around me like i'm not going to tolerate like the ultra conservatives in my in my family to, to talk about. And likewise, ultra liberal perspectives. Like I just have, I, I, for me, how precious life is to me now, I think that's just an area where I don't want to, I, I don't want to entertain. I don't want to battle yeah. over it. To me, it's like the outlier and it doesn't, it, like we make it feel like it's this big thing. And like, I don't think that it is anymore. And I've, I've yeah. just surrendered to like, not caring about that. Like I want people to be like, and it just feels like it's one more thing that, divides and when all i want to do is like love and support it just yeah. to me feels like something that's in the way of that and yeah and i'm not going to tolerate it anymore i'm just not going to like i'm not yeah. going to entertain like somebody talking bad about anybody whether i believe it or not like i have this way bigger sense of empathy and i really just want to get to the core of like how can i help you personally right yeah. like none of this matters to, like and so that's part of what has come out of this faith journey is just like, how can I grow and be the best version of me? And the, the personal development stemmed with that. And that's also scary for, I think, some Christians is like, I was exploring everything just from a standpoint of like, who am I? And, and I felt like I owed that to God and I owed that to Kara to like discover who I am uniquely so that I can be the best version of that self, right? And I was, yeah. I was unwilling to just like, float through life anymore like there had to be not and like i've said earlier not that i'm this huge driven type a personality because i am definitely not but it was just like i need to figure out who i am kind of why i am the way i am and 
And how can I play that to my strengths? And how can I use that to help others? And that's really what this has been a journey of. And like, how can I help the kids? And how can I help the kids help others, right? We can sit around and talk about the shitty hand that's been dealt to us. And like, we can complain about that. Or we can like have empathy and realize like, yeah, other people are, are dealt crappy hands. And, and, and what can we do about it? Like, can we help them? Can we, can we love them? Can you share your experience? And just like, I'm not asking my kids to like go out and like get outside their comfort zone and be warriors yeah. for like whatever, yeah. like, right? I just, I just want them to be the best versions of themselves and in doing so, be able to love others better, including yeah. themselves, right? So that's kind of the journey that I've been on and I'm still working through it. I mean, I still have questions about my faith and I'm still, you know, making those around me uncomfortable sometimes. <laughs> and, um, you know, it's just, uh-huh. it's an evolution of who I am and, you know, the end goal is to love. Yeah. 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 I think, uh, you know, with the ode to politics, I, I think of what happens for me at least, and I think it sounds similar for you is that, you just can't tolerate negativity in any form yeah. because you're like, well, <laughs> nothing is worse than what just happened to me. Yes. And you're just like, why, why spend time being negative? Like you want to just like, you want to replace that love with more love. And you're just like, we, we really just yes. need to love each other a little bit more because there's everything else is sort of, you know, like what, what's yeah. the point? Like yeah. we, we, we're, we could all die soon. Yeah. You know, like what, what are we doing yes. here? You know, let's love a little bit more and let's, you know, curb the negativity. And, yeah. and you realize that every, uh, for me, you interact with people and maybe somebody is not very nice to you in a day-to-day interaction. But before I would have been like, Oh, that's an asshole. Yeah. Now I'm like, I have no idea what they're going yes. through. They could have just, they could have just had something terrible happen in their life or they're just having a terrible day yeah. and I'm just receiving some bad energy from their terrible day, but that's not who they are. Right. And because I've had terrible days, I've had, you know, yes. you've had, we've had terrible days yes. where we would just be, yes. somebody would walk by us and we'd be like, that's an asshole. Right. Like, well, you know, we, we're so self-centered 100%. normally where we're like, oh, that's because of me. It's like, right. well, actually nothing's because of you like most interactions people are in their own head right and they have no they're not thinking about you for two seconds they're thinking about all the stuff that's going on in their head so i think that is a little bit of like everyone has their own struggles and everyone's struggling nobody nobody has this perfect life i mean i know social media tells us otherwise but nobody has that and i think that's what you were getting at that's how i felt you were getting at it's like everyone's got their struggles. Like, let's just bring some love and positivity yeah. to this world because there's just not enough of it. And I think we all need it. You know? I agree. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a perfect place to stop at. Beautiful. Nathaniel, like I've, this was awesome. Yeah. I, you know, obviously I don't know what to expect with, yes. you know, somebody that I DM off of Instagram, but, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but I mean, I guess to be fair, like people who are going through grief tend to, yes, you know, it's one of the not exactly part strangers, of the, right? They're, we're they're, we're they're part of the club, thread, right? Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Right. But uh, no, I loved uh, talking to you. You were very open, which is awesome, and yeah. uh, I think people are going to listen to you and your story and and definitely relate because you're talking about how you're you have a hard time finding others like you, yeah, and they are in your same situation, yeah, because men are less likely to talk about this stuff. And I think people are going to listen and be like, yes, yeah, 
this guy just put into words what I've been feeling and I can't talk to anybody about this. So that's awesome. Man, I hope so. I mean, I'll put your Instagram in like the link sure. for our YouTube just in case somebody wants to reach out to you sure. uh, if you're comfortable with that. Yeah, please. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I, the, the idea behind this is for me to talk to more and more people like between I've like um, I, I'm trying to bring in some like experts to talk yeah. about all sorts of things, but also like mix in experts between talking to individuals like yourself yeah. to talk, tell their stories. And what I would like to do is eventually, you know, I think there's a space for like maybe creating a group where yeah. for men to talk about, you know, loss and stuff, you know, there is. whatever it is, there's yes. definitely a space for it. Absolutely. Um, I don't know. I, I don't think just uh, for me, it's like, I would probably wait a little bit to put out more content so that, uh, People will be like, "Who the fuck is this guy?" Right. Like, um, I'm with you, man. I, I I'm, I'm with I you 100%. So. I mean, that, that's that's some of my fear is just like, like wanting to be in that space, but not like feel like I. One, I'm I'm not the expert, right? Like that's kind of a you have this this chip on your shoulder, like, well, like how can I help? But like to me, I'm I'm kind of moving past that and just like I want to move in this space. And I just want to be there for somebody who like, yeah. like, like I haven't, I haven't found this, this in, in any of the, the social media. So like, let's start talking about it. Like, let's see what comes up. Right. Like I'm, I'm with you. Um, and I don't, there's been a resistance for me to, to step out because I haven't had the content or anything, but I'm like, when you reached out to me and like, Hey, you want to talk about it? I'm like, man, what a perfect like inroad to do that. Like, this is a step. Like we need, I need to move yeah. in this direction, move out of my comfort zone and like, we need to talk about it and we need to, to show others that it's okay to talk about it. And just like, and hopefully, hopefully we connect with, with men who are on similar journeys that what I don't want to happen is like all these men out there who can't find it or have stopped looking like to just stop. And and I think yeah. we, we owe it to, to helping other men talk about it. And not only that, the thing from a dad perspective, like I just don't want the next generation to like, not talk about it right like like yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm drawing the line in the sand that says like i get it we didn't talk about it i get it it's uncomfortable but like that all ends like on me at least on my watch i'm gonna talk about yeah. it because i don't want the next generation and my grandkids not to talk i want them to be yeah. able to like and and if you've learned anything in grief you learn that it's everywhere right like it's, yeah. it's not an isolated incident and so um let's talk about it yeah let's see i think I think people are talking about it more in the younger generation. I what absolutely do. I want to make sure is that men talk about it and can maintain the things that the masculinity that makes the men. Like yes. there's there can be this beautiful middle ground where we can be emo open emotionally and still be strong individuals. Absolutely. And like as long because I think, you know, obviously in, in the news and everything, the toxic masculinity is taking over. It's like, no, we could be strong, powerful men. And still be beautiful, open, emotional. Yes. And there is this middle ground. Yes. And like we can still have that. We can yes. have both. Yeah. And I think that's like that's that's what I want to make sure is like I love it. We we don't lose what makes us like what makes right. good men good men. Right. You know, because yeah. there is that. And I and almost like shine, let's shine a light on good men. Yes. Like yes. we can be masculine and emotional and yeah. you know, open emotional. So that's yes. sort of that's how I think about it. Cause I, I definitely it. do see more, more opening up, I think, but, uh, yeah, you know, we'll see where it goes, but, um, yeah, I mean, this won't be the last time we talk because, uh, this was awesome, man. Awesome. And, uh, I would love I'm, to talk I'm excited more, yeah. to, 
to get this uh, edited and, and published out there. And I'll okay. let you know, obviously, when that happens. And uh, we'll stay in touch, man. Definitely. Perfect. Yeah. Let me know how I can help in any way. Yeah. Yeah, man. All yeah. right, Nathaniel. Thanks. Have a good rest of your day, man. I'll catch you, you later.